Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. Are you God's man? Are you a saved man? Weren't you called to righteousness? And holiness? It's time to step up. All of God's men must step up. We've laid back for far too long. We've avoided the fight. Now the enemy is strong. The sidelines, they are gone. And the battle lines have been drawn. This is a battle that starts on our knees or on our face if he's so pleased. God didn't call women to lead. Many called to take a stand. To stand for our families, to stand for our land. Many called to illuminate the way. Darkness must flee in the light of day. Men dedicated to him and him alone. Men who garner strength from his mighty throne. Oh, my brothers, it's time to stand. And when we stand, it won't be alone. How you doing? This is Sam Tolley on a Manly Monday. This is a different type of Manly Monday, a little special edition. Uh, it's called Closet Jehovah's Witnesses. That's the subject. And the topic is trying to defend the watchtower. <clears throat> I had, you know, I've been dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons in different cultures for many years. Like I said, um, trusting the truth. I, or I generally talk about politics or religion. And I had a video that I did quite some time ago. Actually, it was six years ago. And here's a title. Hold on a second. Let me get this up here. It's called The Question That Jehovah Witnesses Cannot Truthfully Answer Without Denying Their False Theology. <clears throat> And the thing about Jehovah Witnesses, I get them all the time contacting me and challenging that question, challenging my premise. Every now and then I'll get one that's kind of boisterous or, you know, just over the top or whatever. And I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with people denying or, or not agreeing with me. But, uh, you know, when you challenge a person, then you should step up to it. And Jehovah Witnesses, they want to step up to it. Matter of fact, uh, all they really want to do in this context is do what the Bible says in First Peter 
chapter 3, verses 15. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet to do it with gentleness and respect. Now, this is something that all Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to be able to defend the faith. We're called to defend the faith. And we're, we're called to be as respectful as possible when defending the faith. <clears throat> you know, we're not, we're not called to get angry and mean at people. I remember a long time ago when I first started um, what is called apologetics, which is the defense of the faith, I, I invited some Jehovah Witnesses over. And, you know, what happened was basically I just beat them up with the Bible, just beat them Boom, 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 boom. And they didn't give me much resistance. They didn't try to fight me back or whatever. I mean, obviously, we weren't talking physical fighting. I'm talking verbal. And they left. And, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit told me, convicted me afterwards. Said, okay, now that you beat him up, now what? And then I, I, I realized that I hadn't accomplished anything. And I learned later on that in dealing with cultists like Jehovah Witnesses, when, when, when they are assaulted as such, they feel as though they were persecuted for Christ. They feel as though, you know, I, I, I stood up there for Christ. So, and instead of me helping these people come out of darkness, I made them deeper. I made them feel like, yeah, I, you know, I'm doing the right thing. And I didn't accomplish anything. So I learned from that experience, and I learned from this verse of scripture uh, of the attitude I'm supposed to take. Well, the difference between me and, and general Christians in particular is we can defend the faith, but Jehovah's Witnesses are not supposed to. They were in a cult although they don't think they're in a cult, they believe that they're God's true religion, just like the Mormons think they're God's true religion. But they're in a cult that they're called not to um, share with us. Well, excuse me, they're, they're called to share with us if they come to your house and they present the Watchtower and Watchtower Theology, where they can get you to go into a book study or a Watchtower Bible study or come to the Kingdom Hall or whatever. They're called to do that. But they're not called to come study with you. They're not called to go to your church. And in a situation like this, like where I'm making a video, they're not called to contact the, 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 the makers of that video or to contact these people and challenge them. Because if they get caught doing that, they risk being disfellowshipped. And I can understand the perplexity that a person might have. I mean, you, you, you believe that you have the truth. You, you really want to exercise your faith. You want to show these people that you think are in darkness, the error of their ways. But if you do it, you'll get in trouble. And, you know, logically speaking, it doesn't make much sense. If you have the right relationship, if you have the right uh, word of God, <clears throat> then number one, it should stand up to anything. And number two, um, your congregation, your denomination, or whatever it is, should welcome you talking to these people, but not the Watchtower. 
if they knew that this person who called himself Tonga Can 230 contacted me, they would be all over him. Now, I don't believe that's a real name at all. Every time I've talked to Jehovah Witnesses, um, and the ones, and some of them, they'll say, yeah, I, I, you know, I can talk to anybody I want to. You know, I said, okay, you can talk to anybody you want to. I want you to prove it to me. Tell me the name of the kingdom hall you go to. Give me that address. Give me the information that I can contact the elder and see what the elders say. Well, they never do it. They never, they never do it because they know that that's the last thing on earth they want to do. Yes, they want to defend their faith, but no, they don't want that elder to know that they were talking to me or anybody like me because they're not supposed to. So this person, this conga guy, what he did was he um, <clears throat> he challenged me on that last um, that video I showed about, uh, you know, Jehovah Witnesses not being able to answer this question. And I'm going to show you the question in the context of it in a, in a couple of minutes. And what he found distressing to him is that what I did was, unfortunately, or not for, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but that particular video inspired certain Jehovah Witnesses to ask additional questions. And so what I did was I made a completely different video. I made one called Answers to a Jehovah's Witness Questions. It was because I got a guy that called himself Brian, contacted me with a nice long letter. And I made a 45-minute video going through each segment of his questions, answering them point by point, biblically. I never heard another word from Brian. Uh, I wish he would have contacted me, told me something but i never heard anything else from him and i've heard from different people back and forth but this fellow this tonga can he wrote to answer a question direct the person to another video and that will direct him to another video and so on if one is unable to answer simply admit it well that, it wasn't that i wasn't unable to answer i had already answered the questions you know, and, and that's what was the purpose of that video, to simplify it, to put all those questions that I received that this guy, and he wrote a nice, concise letter with a whole lot of Jehovah Witness questions, and I answered each one of them. But this fellow <clears throat> seems to think, or um, from his statement, that I was just trying to leave people alone. So I invited him on to my podcast. I invite, come on, let's, let's, let's discuss it. His response to me was, um, what is there to discuss? It is quite clear. People who use Jesus' words in John 2, 18, 22, it's to show that the dead Jesus was capable of resurrecting himself, have no clue as to what the scripture actually says. Neither do they have a clue as to the status of the dead. I'll give you a clue on how to understand what Jesus was saying. The kitchen of the house is not the house. If any help is needed, please let me know. You know, we can play ping pong back and forth. I'm not going to do it. That's a waste of my time. 
You know, I've, I've, I've volleyballed with people like that before. It's, it's silly. What I will, what I like to do is, is, is get down to brass tacks, get down to definitive statements and biblical answers. And I invited this guy to come on and defend what he was trying to say in the full view of everybody. And I heard nothing. And if a Jehovah Witness want to come on, I'll invite them on too. Only conditions is I want to know, number one, where your Watchtower Kingdom Hall location is. I want to be able to verify it. And I want to be able to verify that, uh, you know, the elders are who they say they are and that they don't have a problem with you coming on. You know, but I'll get these people under the cover. They'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm this and that. But when I try to bring light to it, they don't want it. So anyway, having said all that, that's the premise. Let me go to you and, and, and show you what I'm talking about. Now, I said this is part one because I, there's no way that I can finish this in one setting. And I don't want to rush myself. Hopefully, I can do it in two. And if time permits, I'll do part two tomorrow. But let's look first at John chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, the very uh, scriptures that created all the hustle and bustle. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get it up. I thought I loaded it, but it doesn't look like I did. So bear with me for a second. All right. So let me explain a little bit about Watchtower theology if you're unaware of it. The Jehovah Witnesses believe that when Jesus died on the, they, and they say he died on a stake, they believe he died on an upward stake with his hands clasped together instead of a cross like I have behind me. I'm not here to talk about that today. The word that could be used for stake or cross is called staros. But the fact of it is, is they also believe that when he died, he was not resurrected in the same body that went into the grave. They said that his body was either, they heard different stories, that either God took it away as a memorial, that it was uh, consumed in gases, that it, it's, it's whatever it is, his fleshly body did not rise from the dead. This is Jehovah Witness theology. I believe it goes back to in the beginning when they thought he was coming back in 18 something, but I'm not going to get into the prophecies and all that stuff now. And then they changed because they changed a lot of stuff and they had a lot of false prophecies. But this set of scriptures, in my opinion, it does one or two things. It refutes it. Or, and it condemns their theology. So look what it says in John chapter 2, verses 18. Jesus was arguing with the Jews. So he said to them, oh, the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said it took 46 years to build a temple and you were raised up in three days. They were talking about the temple uh, that they did the sacrifices and stuff in. 
but the scripture is going to clarify everything so nobody can be misled. Um, but he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now, to the average everyday Christian, this is simple. Jesus told them people to kill me and in three days I'm coming back. To the Jehovah Witness mind, this is simple in Watchtower theology, which means that Jesus did die. But when he came back, it wasn't his body. When he came back, he manufactured bodies. And, I, and in my video, my point was this. Either Jesus came back in the same body that was crucified like he said he was going to do, or he lied. It's that simple. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. And he and it was clarifying, John, the writer, said, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. And therefore, when he was raised up, his disciples, that means them folks, John, Peter, Jude, all those folks, remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So when Jesus came back, they believed that it was Jesus. But Jehovah Witnesses say, no, he made these bodies so they would believe. And my question is, believe what? They even go so far as to say when, 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 when Thomas saw him, that Jesus manufactured a body to give Thomas more faith. And my question would be, is giving more faith in what? That it was him, but it wasn't him? So Jesus was a deceiver? Oh, no, Jehovah wouldn't say, Jesus never lied. He would lie on nobody. He never lies. Okay, I agree with that. But therefore, if he never lied, then he came back in the same body that was resurrected. He didn't manufacture false bodies. Oh, no, he didn't come back in that body. He manufactured bodies to increase their faith. I mean, it's, it's wild and it's crazy. So, Anyway, this Tonga, Tonga Khan, he gave a few questions. And like I said, my video, which is still on YouTube, um, the 45-minute one, answers to a Jehovah Witnesses' questions, just goes to a long, detailed analysis of stuff. But let's, let's, let's deal with Tonga's questions. I'm going to deal with part of it today. There's just not enough time for the whole thing. All right, let's get rid of uh, this one. And let's look at the first thing Tonga had to say. First paragraph. Okay. Well, this guy says, here's a scenario. If Jesus was resurrected in the same body, passerbys would stop and stare and say, excuse me, Lord, but how did those holes come to be on your palm and feet and your face and head looks a mess with what looks like thorn marks i say this is a false analogy comparing things that are similar in some ways but not where it matters most but even what's more important is we don't have to go with assumptions 
we go with what scripture says. You know, so when people started bringing assumptions, well, you know, it could have been this, it could have been that. My name could be Dave. So could have, would have, should have is silly and a waste of time. We can speculate till the cows come home. Let's deal with reality. So that was nonsense. And even dealing with that part is a waste of time. Let's go to the second paragraph. Now, this is this is more poignant. This is this makes more sense. Why didn't anyone recognize Jesus after his resurrection? Okay, there's a question. Here comes a Jehovah Witness speculation. Obviously, you know, how many use the word like obviously? It makes you sound like you're stupid if you don't agree with it, or it makes them sound like they just know. It says, obviously, because he took on various human bodies so as to be seen. Angels have done so in the past. It was only something he said or did that triggered a recognition. Jesus walked on water. Jesus fed 5,000 with a few fish or 4,000. He, he rose Lazarus from the grave. But here, Jehovah's Witnesses are limiting his ability. And they're, <laughs> the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That, that he created everything. Nothing was created that without him. You got human minds trying to dictate the possibilities and the power of God. It's, a, it's stupid. We should just rely on the text. So he said, why didn't anyone recognize Jesus after his resurrection? He should have left it there. That's an excellent question. Now, let me show you something. This right here is New World Translation. This is the Jehovah Witness Bible. This is full of distortions, full of errors, full of sleight of hand. This thing right here will not stand up to the test of time. But there's a lot of truth still in here. So when I'm dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses, when possible, I would like to use their own Bible, the New World Translation. So I went to JW.org, and I pulled up part of Luke chapter 24. And in Luke chapter 24... You know, it's talking about after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. This is one of the sections of scripture talking about it. Let's pay attention to it. Let's look at it and see what it says. Starting in verse 13. But look, and like I said, this is New World Translation. This isn't my preferred text. But when dealing with Jehovah Witnesses, if you can use their own text against them, you're already ahead of the game because they trust this thing. But look, on that very day, two of them were traveling to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles, talking about some disciples from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about all the things that had happened. Now, as they were conversing and discussing these things, Jesus himself, 
Think about what it said. Jesus himself. This is Samuel himself. Okay, so we're not talking about Jesus, an illusion of Jesus, a figment of Jesus. I mean, if the Bible was thinking that Jesus just manufactured bodies, because it Jesus, a, a manufactured body of Jesus. No, it said Jesus himself approached and began walking with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. This is out of the New World Translation. So when Mary didn't recognize him, when anybody else didn't recognize him, it was because at that point in time, he didn't want them to. I mean, there's text. I got text out of my other uh, video where Jesus was talking in the temple. And by the time he got through talking to the temple, they were mad at him and they wanted to take him out and stone him to death. And the scripture says he walked right through them. This is before he died, before the resurrection. And he walked out and they didn't see him. They were getting ready to kill him. The whole house full of folks were getting ready to kill him. And, and next thing you know, where is he? Because Jesus is God. He can do what he wants. But anyway, their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, what are these matters that you are debating between yourselves as you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. In the one named Cleopas said to him, are you a stranger dwelling alone in Jerusalem and do not know the things that have occurred there during these days? He asked them, what things? They said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who proved to be a prophet, powerful in deed and word before God, and all the people, remember, they were talking to Jesus, Jesus himself, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He wasn't, ain't nothing saying about a different body. And how the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they nailed him to the stake. But we were hoping that this man was the one who was going to deliver Israel. Yes. And besides all these things, this is the third day since these things. Remember John chapter 2, verse 18? Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. They understood the prophecy. They understood the statement that Jesus said in three days, I will raise myself up. Now, the Bible also says that God raised him from the dead, and the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. So don't get twisted, you Jehovah Witnesses who watch that, because I'm a Trinitarian, and we believe that Jesus... Jesus, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are the one God. That's a video for another day. Okay. Excuse me. Moreover, some women from among us also astonished us, for they went early to the tomb, and when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a supernatural sight of angels who was who said he is alive? What? Wait a minute. This is this is the New World Translation. So now they're even saying that angels testified that Jesus was alive. So either they lied too. They didn't say, well, Jesus, you know, manufactured Jesus or we saw Jesus or an image of Jesus. Anyway. Then some of those who were with us went off to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said. 
but they did not see him. So he said to them, oh, senseless ones, slow of heart to believe all. Let's see here. Let's change that. Where are we at here? Hold on a second here. Let me get this straight. Make sure I was in the right verse. He said to them, concerning the Nazareth, who, oh, let me see where I got this text. I'm sorry. I should, I should have moved you people over earlier. Okay, old senseless ones. There we go. Who wants a slow of heart to believe, to believe all? And that's interesting. He's calling them senseless because they don't believe all what the text says. That's the problem with Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't either. They believe what the watchtower says the text say. Okay. <sighs> oh, since is one and slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And started with Moses and all the prophets. He interpreted to them the things pertaining to himself in the scriptures. Finally, they got close to the village to which they were traveling. And he made as if to travel on further. Jesus acted like he was just going to keep on going. But they urged him to remain, saying, stay with us. Because it is almost evening and the day is nearly over. With that, he went in to stay with them. And as he was dining with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and began handing it to them. Watch this. At that, their eyes were fully open and they recognized him. What did the text say early? That was Jesus. Jesus, him himself. They couldn't recognize him. They, they were prevented, um, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, if Jesus could walk on water, if he can raise a blind, uh, if he, yeah, if he can make a blind man see and a deaf man talk and a lame man walk, if he can get a guy that's been in the grave for four days and raise him up, you're going to tell me he can't prevent people from recognizing him if he doesn't want them to until he is ready? Think about it, people. Come on. You can't have him supernaturally powered in one aspect and not another. Now, you can make assumptions on all kinds of things until a scripture clarifies it. Scripture clarified this. The watchtower does not want to recognize this because it goes against their theology. This invisible Jesus operating from the watchtower and track society in New York. Anyway, at that, their eyes were fully open and they recognized him. But he disappeared from them. You know, they'll say, oh, so he was a ghost. You know, he, he, you know, we can go to uh, Luke chapter 24 verses. Uh, 
Matter of fact, I didn't write it down, but I will tell you right here in this thing. Again, in the same chapter, Luke chapter 24. Let's see. And I'll just continue. Starting in verse 32. And as they said to each other, we, I mean, we're not our hearts, we're not our hearts burning within us as he was speaking to us on the road and as he was fully opening up the scriptures to us. And they got up in that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. So they didn't even stay now. Hey, we've seen the Lord. We're, we're out of here. And they found the 11 and those assembled together with them who said, for a fact, the Lord was raised up. Of course, there it is. They said, yep, he's raised up. We saw him. And he appeared to Simon. Okay. Then they related the events of the road and how he became known to them by the breaking of the bread. Their eyes were opened up. This is how it happened. We, we didn't know who we were talking to, but, but after he broke the bread, we knew it was him. Wow. Now, check this out. While they were speaking of these things, he himself, this is Jesus again, stood in their midst and said to them, may you have peace. This is New World Translation, folks. But because they were terrified and frightened, they imagined that they were seeing a spirit. Watch our theology right there. They're in this room, boom, all of a sudden, Jesus is in the room too. Was they think they're seeing a ghost, a, a spirit, an apparition. Verse 38. So he said to them, why are you troubled? And why have doubts come in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. He even goes further. He even goes further. For a spirit does not have flesh and bone just as you see I have. Now, when you read that to a Jehovah Witness, verse 39, it's like it's like Pablo's dog is going to kick a response. And the first thing that will come out their mouth is this. No, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. And it's like. They don't even know they said it, but that's automatic. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Number one, this doesn't say flesh and blood. It says flesh and bone. He said, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bone just as you see I have. So, if I'm going to go with watchtower theology, Jesus lied again. <laughs> I mean, he wants them to have so, he wants them to believe so much that he raised from the dead, but it ain't him that he keeps lying. And my question is, why would he need to lie? Why would he need them to believe that? Why? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The only way it makes sense is because this is watchtower theology. Excuse me. Okay. That is the only reason why it makes sense. If you're a, if you're a watchtower believer, because right there from, from, from John uh, 2, 18 through 22, then Jesus is a liar. 
from from Luke chapter 24. Jesus is a liar when he met those dudes on the road to Emmaus. And at the end of the chapter, in verse 39, he's lying again. Or the watchtower's lying. Both can't be true. Now, it's a simple thing to me, folks. I am not going to risk my eternal life on what the watchtower says this means. I'm not going to risk my eternal life on what anybody says it means. I'm going to search the scriptures, understand what the scriptures is trying to say, and I'm going to bet everything on that. It's that simple. So as far as um, that, what he said was nonsense. Let me go on to verse um, three of his whoops sorry about that of his um congaton statement oh let's see if we can get this done okay let's go here so what he did was he said i say tk is tongue of con mark 12 mark 16 12 and then he uses the king james verse i'll get to why he did that in a minute after that, he appeared in another form unto the two of them, and as they walked and went into the country. That is supposed to justify uh, the ideology that Jesus had another body. Now, what Tonga Kong doesn't understand or either he's, he's either doing one or two things. He's either A, biblically ignorant, or he's trying to use sleight of hands. But it's hard to believe. I mean, if he's an up-and-running Jehovah Witness, he should know better. But let's go through Mark chapter 16 first. Let's read the whole thing out of the King James Version and then uh, respond to that thing. So it says, uh, chapter 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And early, and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the scepter at the rising of the sun. Okay. And... They said amongst themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the scepter? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the scepter, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And entering into the scepter, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. Excuse me, I already read that. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Well, the angel said he's risen too. Uh, got angels lying for him now, if you're a watch hour. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter, 
that he goes before you into Galilee. Okay, let's see. Uh, and, I mean, there shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the scepter, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. This is verse 8. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. Now, when Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast out seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive, had been seen of her, believed not. Okay. Then it goes in in verse 12. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven. And they sat at meat and upbraided him with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believe not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Let me see. Did I move? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Let me, let me get you guys up to speed. Okay, I'll back it up. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And by name, Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen. Here's the problem. Actually, there's several problems. But let me just back up a little bit. Go back to verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That is not biblical theology. Baptism is not required for salvation nowhere in Orthodox Christianity. Baptism is a sign of obedience to the Lord's request after you've been saved. And Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that. They don't believe that, uh, uh, that believing and being baptized and you're saved. They don't believe that at all. They believe in works, salvation. And then you're not even sure if you're saved. Verse 17. 
and they shall speak with new tongues. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in speaking in tongues at all, period. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. No, they're not snake holders, and they don't drink poison. And anybody with any good sense isn't going to do it either. I've heard of folks, some folks in some remote areas in the backwoods doing stuff like that. But what Jehovah, but what Jehovah Witnesses, like many people, when they relied on the King James Bible, the translations of the Bible, that translation was not given from earlier manuscripts. I mean, the earliest known manuscripts didn't have anything after verse eight, which means like, just to give you a hypothetical understanding of what I'm saying, say if this was written in 1925, you know, just hypothetically, it was written in 1925, but we believe that Jesus was alive and died in 1850. Well, say later on, they found a manuscript that was written in 1875 and maybe one that was written in 1862. Well, those are closer to the original than this one, which is the King James. So what are you going to put your understanding in? In documents that were closest to the original or documents that may have been tampered with, and that is what the belief is. And most reputable Bible of these days will tell you that they do not believe that the verse from the uh, verse nine on are legitimate. And see, the reason why I say this guy is either illiterate or doing sleight of hand is because even if you can go back to the old Jehovah Witnesses books and they will go up to the end. But the newest watchtower, they don't believe that mess either. I just, fresh off of JW.org today, Mark chapter 1, 16, verses 1 through 8. And at the bottom, it says, according to reliable early manuscript, the gospel of Mark ends with the words found in verse 8. That's a true statement. So this person giving me this, I don't know what he called himself doing, you know, unless he's, he's ignorant of his own theology and he's obviously ignorant of uh, textual criticism. Now I know that there's folks, you got your Jehovah, I mean, you got your King James only people, you know, that believe that King James Bible <clears throat> is the only Bible you should have. I don't, I don't waste my time arguing with people like that. You know, back in 1611, people talked like, wherefore thou and thee and all this stuff. We don't speak that way. That was normal language to them. You know, and, and for somehow, some people to get the idea that that is, 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 is the only Bible to get, it's ridiculous. Now, I study out of King James Bible. I have... I have several of them. Oh. Yeah, I have several of them. Actually, this is my father's. And I got my grandfather's. 
But I study out of the NIV, the NASB, uh, the ESV, the, the CSB. I study out of a lot of different texts. You know, I want to get the best understanding and the best information I can. So I don't get deceived in this mess like this New World Translation. So this is part one of my response to this closet Jehovah Witness. And God willing, I can get it done. I'll come back with trusting the truth tomorrow and do part two. This is Sam Tolley, and I'm out.